Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you're having an absolutely terrific day. As always, starting off your week strong with our show, getting you updated on what's going on and health news. We'll have a lot of good stuff we're going to be covering today, and Ted's going to be continuing. Uh, Angel Wars is going to be awesome. And also, too, want to give everybody a heads up. It is the product of the week. If you had not seen it yet, I told you guys last week, the HGH Stimulate, one of our most popular products that we carry. I run it pretty much every day when I train. I usually mix it with the Muscle Blast while I work out. makes a really good you know, pre- and intra-workout drink to drink on and stay hydrated throughout the entire workout. Works really good with increasing nitric oxide production and blood flow to the entire body. It also increases muscle endurance while you're exercising and just in general can help out with overall blood pressure. So be sure to check that out on sale for over 12% off right now. It's product of the week. That won't be on sale for two more days as it changes on Wednesday with whatever y'all win or whatever you want to vote for and make win on Wednesday. It looks like the ultimate multiple powder. Another really great product is up top of the list as far as with voting. So be sure to check that out at healthmasters.com. Also, too, I want to give everybody a lot of heads up and encouragement with the DHL Express. We've had a lot of our international customers take advantage of the new Express shipping we have with DHL for pretty reasonable pricing compared to anything else I've looked at on the market. And it's getting really, really fast. I mean, I'm extremely pleased with it. A lot of customers have emailed us. They've taken advantage of it. Some international customers bought some stuff on sale last week when we had the coupon and used DHL. Ruben, my shipping manager, actually showed me one of the sheets where we shipped out a product to Canada on Monday. It left Monday afternoon. It arrived in Canada from Florida. It left Monday, Florida, Monday, arrived in Canada Tuesday and was already processing through customs. Um, I mean, that's faster than most <laughs> stuff inside the United States. So I'm very pleased with that right now. And I want to encourage you guys because I know a lot of people were frustrated over the last couple of years internationally, all the way from Australia to Europe and all across the world. We've got a lot of listeners, a lot of customers internationally. I really appreciate you guys. And I love getting your viewpoints and your emails from all over the world, just getting different ideas. But I know it was frustrating during COVID when stuff was taking weeks and weeks and weeks on end to get to you guys. That now has pretty much stopped. We are getting stuff all over the country in pretty much five days or less. Excuse me, all over the globe in five days or less. So be sure if you want to take advantage of something right now with the DHL Express International Shipping, give us a call. Or you can just place the order right online. It's already available for International Express. You click the button and boom, ready to go right out to you guys, same day, and uh, we'll be to you in pretty much any part of the world within a few business days. So thank you again for that international support, and be sure to take advantage of that right now. Also, too, in other news, I wanted to cover some stuff, and I'd been talking to a few guys that I knew and doing some research about this shooting in Texas. It's very strange, very horrific. My condolences to the family, everybody involved in this, you know, a off-duty officer, again, another good guy that was proficiently trained with a firearm with a gun, was able to drop this insane lunatic who's running around shooting everybody. And the crazy part about this is I've told people this repeatedly. For some odd reason, the malls in most of America have this completely and totally inept idea that they want to put stickers on all the doors that say no firearms allowed. Now, again, you make your own decision with that when you go somewhere. If you're going to go shopping or give money to a certain business, you decide whether or not you're going to exercise your Second Amendment right. It's just up to you. I'm not telling you what to do. You make your own decision on that. But I do find it interesting that almost every single time 
we see a mass shooting, it's always where? In a mall or a movie theater or a school, all of which they continue to tell law-abiding citizens, you're prohibited from carrying a firearm. But, of course, if you're a felon that's planning on committing violent, deadly acts of you know violence on people – uh, you know, don't you know, it is what it is. You know, you can't really stop them because they are not going to listen to a decal. This is one of the most stupidest ideologies I've seen continually pushed. On top of that, though, what's very strange, and this again shows you how completely and totally paid, bought and paid for the mainstream media is. I saw some of the articles when they first came out, and I was talking to one of my buddies about this. How uh, basically the on Twitter, on Washington Post, they immediately. We're talking about this 33-year-old gunman who was a white supremacist, right? neo-Nazi beliefs, and being examined by investigators as a possible motive for attack. Well, then we later on find out that this guy basically is not a white supremacist that we found at all, and essentially this was a complete and total, again, theater show to push the agenda on what exactly was going on. The guy was 33 years old. His name was Marcio Garcia. And strangely enough, you want to hear some weird stuff about this, his address was listed as his parents' home, 33 years old, living with his parents. Law enforcement had to get translators because his parents only spoke Spanish. And then they found out that he also had a extended stay hotel that he was renting long-term at the Budget Suites of America in Dallas. Employees of the hotel confirmed he had been renting a room there. So his driver's license is with his parents – who are Spanish and only speak Spanish. He's got a hotel room on the other side of town that he's also renting at. He's got this whole arsenal in his car, by the way, that he didn't have with him. He had like an AR, I think, and a pistol. But then suddenly when they search his vehicle, he's got like five rifles and all this ammunition. Well, then there's more information that's coming out now that I've been hearing about. I haven't been able to confirm this yet, is that the cartels have been working essentially with a lot of the deep state and the ATF to bring individuals in so they can try to plant as a provocateur or as basically a lone shooter. This is very interesting because this guy as well, this Garcia individual, was removed from the U.S. Army in 2008 because of mental health concerns. So this guy has a very strange track record and very strange behavior over the last few years. And then suddenly the same thing that we already know, I mean we know for a fact. This has been admitted in court that the ATF worked to make sure straw purchasers for the Mexican drug cartel were able to acquire rifles and 50 caliber weapons and walk them to Mexico and lose them in the Mexican drug cartel, over 2,500 rifles during Operation Fast and Furious. So it's not that far-fetched to believe that the FBI or the ATF or whatever other alphabet agency that likes to be involved in nefarious behavior would be getting false flag shooters to be brought in so they could set them up over years on time to make sure that they push the agenda. We know the FBI has an extremely long history of making their own perpetrators, literally going in and finding people, including homeless individuals, and bribing them with money to say, hey, listen, we'll give you $10,000 if you go out and you acquire a surface air missile from one of our uh, guys that we have that can acquire weapons. And then as soon as the homeless individual goes to do it, this happened in New York, you guys know the story, as soon as he went to go do it, he basically was arrested for you know terrorism charges. FBI is notorious for doing this. So it's not that far-fetched when you start seeing these very strange lone gun shooters involved in this. Why is the situation with the 
transgender shooter at the school, that horrific incident in Nashville, why are they still refusing to release the training manifesto, apparently, that this girl, guy, whatever it was, wrote? Ask me that. Are they trying to make sure it's doctored up or it says what they want it to say? The theater that's ongoing right now with the push to disarm the United States American population is not stopping. It is getting much worse, and it has been for a very long period of time because the only way to control a population is to have a very subservient, disarmed population. It's not very much fun to try to go after a civilian population that on the record, according to ATF, has over 180,000 automatic Class Three registered machine guns on the record. That's not yeah. – and it has, you know, roughly tens of millions of AR-15 semi-automatic rifles on the record. That's not a very fun population to really go after if you're really trying to do some nefarious behavior to them. At least it wouldn't be to me, in my opinion. So again, what we're seeing now is this concerted effort to keep telling everyone, you don't have a right to own a firearm. We're just going to start redefining what we want and call anything an assault weapon, not even an assault rifle. Which you already know an assault rifle, to current definition, is essentially a battlefield that fires a small or medium cartridge that has the ability to switch between semi-automatic and automatic firing. That's like the definition of an assault rifle. It's a military weapon. It would be like the M4 deployed to the U.S. Army. That's not an assault weapon. An assault weapon is essentially anything that would be classified as a weapon used in an assault so what they're using now is they're using definitions and they're using this continual controlled media to push this agenda on the American population. And it's because they want to control everyone in the United States. And that's very difficult to do with an armed population. So keep your head up, stay strong, and continue to get the truth out there as much as you possibly can. Because remember, what they keep telling you in the mainstream media and telling you to focus on is the exact thing you need to question. Why are they constantly talking about a shooting here and there and how everybody needs to be disarmed, yet they haven't made one single comment about the fact that Chicago had 20 people shot over the weekend, including an off-duty officer who was killed and four fatally wounded with 20 shot in a weekend of gun violence. It was just another weekend in Chicago. Nothing to see here. Don't talk about it. Move along. We need to focus on the lone gun Mexican shooter that's an alleged white supremacist that lived with his family but was renting a hotel down the street and uh, no idea else what was going on there. But we're just going to say that's what you need to focus on, and this is why you need to be disarmed. Always question the narrative on what's happening because we know there's a very, very nefarious plot behind the scenes on what they're trying to do to the American populace. What do you think, Ted? Uh, years ago, Keanu Reeves came out with a movie. It was called, I think it was called Chain Reaction. And Norman Freeman was in it with him. Good movie. And uh, they set him up to be the guy that had blown up this laboratory that was coming in with fusion. And basically, they put money under his you know, cabinet. Uh, they basically had computer track records of him being, having money transferred to him that he had nothing to do with. And he was completely and totally a scapegoat for what they did as far as to cover it up as an employee of this laboratory. You need to watch it. It's a really good movie. And the crazy part about that is, you know, when Operation Condor was going on and Operation Gladio was going on and the CIA and MI6 and Mossad and FBI and ATF were all involved in all these other crazy activities all over the world and in the United States also, you suddenly think, well, you know, it doesn't matter. It's happening in Germany. It doesn't matter. It's happening in Italy. It doesn't matter. It's happening in Brazil. It doesn't matter. It's happening in Argentina. Now it's happening here. And that's not so funny anymore. And it was never funny to me to begin with. And I always tell people, I'm like, you know, when you have these alphabet agencies come in and they do things that you don't know about and how they run things behind the scenes, it really gets your attention. And now we're seeing this happening here in the United States with false flag shootings. 
allegedly, I don't know, we're just speculating here this morning, you guys know that, but, you know, there's a lot of this stuff with the Vegas shooting and with all the rest of it. And so it's strange to me because, you know, again, these interdimensional entities, when they're in a human form, they can be shot, and that's the problem they've got, and they want, they don't want these weapons here. Angel Wars, part six right now. Let's do it. Uh, by the way, we told you the other day that we're a theater show, just a theater show. You know, it's all part of a big staged scenario that we're going through right now. And First Corinthians chapter 4, verse 9 says, For it seems to me that God has put us apostles on display at the end of the procession by those condemned to die in the arena, the theater. We've been made a spectacle to the whole universe. Then so the planet to the whole universe, to the angels as well as to the human beings. So he's telling us right now that you know there's a big thing going on right here that's a pretty big deal. Uh, Joy sent me a book the other day by, by Pastor McLaughlin, and it's got some really interesting points in there about the angel wars. And I, and I really like it. It says, it says uh, that, that he quotes Karen Hancock, and she put it this way. The ultimate conspiracy is true nature and parameters remain among the most carefully guarded secrets of all time. For the devil has deceived the whole world. As God tells us through the Apostle John, Satan is the prince of the powers of the air, the ruler of the earth, the roaring lion prowling about seeking someone to devour. He is craftier than any creature able to appear as an angel of the light with indescribably beautiful voice, far superior to man in intellect. He has blinded the minds of men, both Christians and non-Christians alike, persuading them that there is no God, that they are not sinners, that they need not need grace, that they can please God with their own works, that there is no devil, no hell, and no unseen war at all. And she's right, and that's what we're talking about in this series here, Angel Wars. For, for many people, including many Christians, are unable to associate the events of their lives with the big picture. The angelic conflict itself, like it or not, believe it or not, we're all part of the angelic conflict, and we are. It goes on to say in this book, it says, so how is this exactly the things that have gotten to this point? The Bible teaches that before the creation of man, a conflict arose between God and his angels when Satan attempted to ascend to the Mount of Heaven, the third dimension, and wrest God's rulership away from him. The resulting battle left the surface of the earth, and what Hebrew says is, Tahu wa bahu, was the ruins. At this point, the earth was packed in ice, supposedly, and in water. Presumably, it was at this time that the trial occurred with Satan, which his cronies were found guilty and sentenced to the lake of fire. And uh, Luke, Isaiah 24, 1 says, Behold, the Lord says, the earth wastes, devastates it, distorts the surface, and scatters its inhabitants. I looked at the earth, this is Jeremiah 4, 23 to 26, and behold, it was formless and void, and to the heavens they had no light. I looked on the mountains, and behold, they were quaking. And all the hills moved to and fro, and I looked, and behold, there was no man. And all the birds of the heavens had fled, and I looked, and behold, the fruitful land was a wilderness, and all of its cities were pulled down before the Lord's fierce anger. We talked about this last week, in which it was destroyed in the angelic war. The Hebrews phrase, tahu, wawahahu, is also used in Jeremiah 4.23 to describe the results of a battle, in which verse 26 says occurred at a time when there was no man or in prehistory, or the angelic wars. So I thought this was interesting. And it goes on to say that since Satan was obviously not yet in the lake of fire, the logical conclusion is that he appeared, that he appealed his sentence. We can speculate the number of grounds on which he was making his appeal. One that seems to carry the most weight is an accusation against God's character that we hear most often in life, and how can a loving God cast his creatures into hell? We covered all this last week. To answer this appeal, God created man, a lower being, and set him up in a great stadium on earth, which we just talked about, 1 Corinthians 4.9, for the angels and for all of creation to observe. 1 Corinthians 4.9 uses the Greek words theatron, the place where public dramas were shown. 
And this is where we get our English word for theater. Throughout all of human history, an audience of angels sees the character and the nature of God shown to an infinitely loving and just and righteous. Through the genius of his plan, using the free will decisions of the original perfect man and woman, God arranged that all the rest of us would begin life condemned as sinners and rebels, condemned just as Satan is condemned. Then God would take the form of a lower being himself in the form of Jesus as a man. That would be an incredible shock to the angelic creation. More shocking still, he'd allowed man basically to abuse and mock him and finally to nail him to a Roman cross in an attempt to destroy him. In the end, our Lord would bear the penalty for the sins of those same shameful people and all the rest of us as well. In this, he neutralized the claims that his justice had against us so that we could live with him and fellowship with him forever. There is no greater demonstration of the love of this to show God's self-sacrifice. It must show the angels and all of the angelic creatures that he was willing to do for them, to do for them when they fell. The scripture makes no direct mention of this. So, guys, it's so important that we understand that you know we're not the only people talking about what's happening with the angel wars. This conversation has been going on for a long, long, long time, and these entities are all about demonic possession. And at the heart of black magic, we have demonic possession in which these spirit beings or whatever they are, not necessarily angels, but the other demons and other things that they have that use, that use as, as their, their foot soldiers, inhabit the human beings. Black magic at its core is really about demonic possession. And since the world is made of energy and not matter, and since energy moves in waves which have frequencies, the satanic rituals that are designed to entrain energetic biofrequency of the participant with that of other dark entities, so there's a vibrational match or a sync. Once there's a resonance lock or frequency lock, an exchange can take place. Energy, intent, or information go from one being, place, or dimension can be transferred to the other. This works both ways. The person gets possessed or receives information from certain dark entities, while the dark entities also take on something from that person. The theme of possession crops up again and again and again when you read you know, the accounts of the early church. Even Jesus had to cast these demons out. So understand this is very, 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 very real. And this earth is not of you know the Lord. Satan runs it. We know that. It's prison planet earth run by Lucifer. We have the angels here to protect us. We accept Jesus Christ, and we're sanctified by the blood of the Lamb. He may no longer run around and devour us because now he can't because we basically have been sanctified and basically cleansed as it was happened with the Passover lamb with the Hebrews. He's no longer allowed to touch us. And so that's the purpose of Christianity. That's the purpose of all of the stuff that we're in is to show that God is truly righteous, to show all of his creation all of the time. Every single time they want to look down at Theater Earth, you know, the big three-ring, four-ring, thousand-ring circus we got going down here with all the dancing elephants and dancing Trumps and dancing Bidens that are all a bunch of fake peoples on a stage. It's all they are. And we have to realize that we're simply in a theater presentation of Planet Earth, Day One, Century One, Act One. <laughs> yes, I don't know. But this is what God's doing with us. He's letting us prove to the world and to creation itself that he is righteous and that we have freedom of choice and we can do whatever we want to do, including worship him and to do what's right in his eyes. And that's the thing that's important to me to understand that you guys understand that when we look at God and we look at Jesus and we realize what he did for us by coming down as a man, it changes everything. Now, let's talk for one second about the creation of man. Let's talk about, you know, the firmament of the sky and the heaven that died for the day. And we God made true great light lights. We talked about that. Let's go to the refurbishing day five in Genesis. Now, this is when everything was kind of interesting. This is when, 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 when God ordered and Jesus ordered to start creating living things in the oceans and the airs and the lakes and the creeping creatures to keep the waters clean. And basically, this is being shown, you know, I guess the entire creation could see what was going on. And every single creature they designed either had a brain or 
a computer made by living protein or smaller insects that had living microchips on top of that. Every cell and every creature had DNA so it could reproduce itself. And what the angels saw, I guess, when they were being, was all being created was that, you know, it was amazing what God was doing. And God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly, bring forth the moving creature that hath life and fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. And God created the great whales and every living creature that moveth, which waters brought forth abundantly after their kind, and every winged fowl after its kind. And God saw that it was good, and God blessed them be fruitful and multiply. And we need to understand this is how God created the heavens and the earth. And when he did all of this, he basically decided he was going to go ahead and continue to introduce additional species in there. But then he also decided he's going to introduce a new race into the universe, which would be the, he's called the human race. That's what makes us different. We're very different from the angels and all these different entities that he made on other planets because we have been made in the image of God himself. Unlike the angels, this race is going to be able to procreate and increase the numbers. They'll have created bodies, and half of them will be males, and half of them will be females. We need to understand all that. And the purpose of refurbishing the earth to create a human race is, again, like it said in that other book, and what he talked about in Romans, is God's righteousness to show that basically what Lucifer did and who Lucifer is. And, you know, on the sixth day, you know, God started and gave, he started making the, you know, I guess to produce the manufacture of the different species. And there was no evolution. I'm going to say that to you again. Darwinism is a lie. It's communism and it's Satanism is all it is. Every single animal is designed with a microcomputer, which is their DNA and their brain system. They're carefully manufactured. All these animals had computer brains, and they were given the ability basically to have minimal amounts of thought. A lot of them also worked, worked with, react with conditioning and be like birds fly with magnetic navigation to migrate. Dolphins use sonar. All of these things were here except for the T-Rex, okay? Somebody asked me about the T-Rex. These massive dinosaurs were not in the Garden of Eden. They are not herbivores, okay? They were basically something that happened, you know, during, before the flood with Noah, in which they were basically being put here by Lucifer and the gang and these other angels to basically subvert God's creation. Again, nobody wants to live with a T-Rex. It's not something that's cool, all right? Nobody wants to have to deal with not being eaten by that thing. So this is, again, when God said, you know, Enoch was told by God that God, that these angels had sinned against the reptiles. That's when this has happened. Now, somebody asked me in one of the letters they sent me, how did the book of Enoch basically survive the flood? That's easy. Moses or Noah took that book with him on the, on the, on the ark to make sure that it would survive. So the account would be there as far as what happened in heaven and what happened before. Very, very easy. That was an easy question. Now, remember, Animals are not given the capacity to know time or, or concept of time. They don't have any knowledge of the past or what's taking place in the past. They, they don't have any of that ability. That's why, you know, it's just, they're not they're not human beings. They don't they don't they don't have a soul that lives for eternity. They don't have any of that stuff. But you know, we need to realize that this laboratory was something that was being used, if you want to call it that, to put the body together. You had to have a physical structure with a skeleton. You had to have the muscles that had to be put together, the bones, the digestion. You had to have waste material being processed through the livers and kidneys. You had to have a harness of wires, also known as nerves, you know, and, you know, and a solar plexus and a nerve plexus to be designed for the body to have cells to create electricity to run through the body. Special glands were designed to create chemicals, etc. A powerful protein computer had to be designed that could handle all automatic functions of the body like digestion, eliminating of waste products, and breathing. We need to understand, too, that this, this, these human beings – you know, were made in the image of God Almighty. Furthermore, the physical brain had to have a component that would be connected to the soul of the brain, and this was a mystery designed in connecting the body from the spirit world to the physical body. King Solomon said it this way in Ecclesiastes 12, 6-7, 
or ever the silver cord be loosed or the golden bowl be broken or the pitcher be broken at the fountain or the wheel broken at the cistern, then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the spirit shall return unto God who gave it. That's why any people, any person who believes about Darwin's theory of evolution is either totally uneducated, deceiving themselves, or is trying to be politically correct. Since it's been mandated, evolution is what every person should accept and be taught in the school systems. It's simply not it. And once the adult physical body was finished, when God created Adam and Eve, Adam became a living soul, and God breathed the soul of the life into him. Now, and God let the earth bring forth every living creature after every kind, every creeping thing, and he created Adam and Eve, etc. Now, we also need to, that's going to be Genesis 2 through 7. It's very long, and I've got a lot of stuff to cover today, and I don't want to get into that right now. You can read that yourself. Genesis 2 through 7, Genesis 1, 24 through 27. Genesis 2, 7 says, And the Lord formed God, man, formed man from the dust of the earth, dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. And Adam was created sinless, pure, and holy. He must have looked like Jesus. That's why they call him the second Adam, you know, as far as Christ. You know, when he came to us, when it's once the soul and the spirit and the body have been united. And so you have to understand, when he was created, he was created as an adult, and he had to be educated. But he didn't go through the childhood process like with the rest of us do when they're being raised. And so God wanted Adam and Eve to be obedient to him. Now, when Adam and Eve were being created, we know that that was another day. So they could have been on the planet for a thousand years. And we need to understand that, you know, basically, basically uh, it, it, that the, the creation of Adam and Eve took place in the sixth day of the refurbishing of the earth. And since each day was a thousand years, we don't know how long the sixth day was when they were created. Logically, Jesus created the Garden of Eden before Adam came into being. This must have been a fantastic garden. All these are butterflies and birds, etc. And then Genesis 2, 8 through 9, it says that the Lord God planted a garden eastward of Eden, and there he put man whom he had formed out of the ground and made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. And since the canopy around the earth created an even temperature, neither cold or hot, there was no need for buildings, neither did it rain. There must have been beds placed in the area of the garden where Adam and Eve slept. Now, it's very important that we understand the way Adam and Eve were made they were made in a three-dimensional state. It's, it's very important. They had the body, they had the soul, and they had the spirit in them. And they were basically in God's image. And we on earth here as human beings, as Christians, we have our body, we have our soul, and we have the Holy Spirit living in us, basically helping us and guiding us. So we have the abilities in the beginning, I'm sure with Adam and Eve, to be incredibly creative ability, have creative abilities because they were created in God's image. Adam was created as a super being, quite frankly. And, you know, and because of the fall, because of the DNA being constantly compromised with, you know, other types of entities being bred in with us, it's no longer the case. That's why they lived to be a thousand years old back then. And so we have to understand that if we understand who we are and what happens, then we have to understand that basically Adam was like a newborn baby. I mean, he didn't know where he was or where he came from. He had no knowledge of anything. And the difference between Adam and the newborn baby was that Adam was created as an adult while the baby has to grow up to become an adult. The baby is educated as he grows to an adult. Now, what's interesting about this stuff, and this is very, very important, is that when we have that interdimensional interface, that 3D interdimensional interface with God, what we end up having is a antimatter matter interface. If you go to the slit experiences, experiments, you can read through those when people are looking and watching protons. Until they have consciousness looking at them, they have no order. When you look at them, they line up perfectly. When you don't look at them, they, they don't have any order whatsoever. You can go ahead and read through the slit experiments if you'd like. And so that's exactly what we have here in the earth that we are currently in. This is an incredible 
energetic field that we live in, you know, where everything is energy. You know, I think I've told you this before. If you take a, if you blow an atom up to the size of a pea, and you take that pea and you put it on the 50-yard line of a major state stadium, any stadium, any football stadium in the United States, you put it on the 50-yard line. From that pea on the 50-yard line to the top of the top of the top of the stadium, where the second level of electrons takes place, is empty space. There's nothing there. It's all energy, and it's through Jesus that all is being held together. This is quantum mechanics. And if you understand that, it starts making sense to you. That's why it says through, the, through Christ, all things are held together. If you took the earth and you took all of the atoms, you took the empty space out of them, and you collapsed it, you'd have a black hole about the size of a softball. That's how much space is empty on the entire planet that's being held together in this matrix that we're in. Now, I'm going to read you something here. It's going to tie a lot of this together, and it's from Elena Freeland. I've covered this book before several years ago, but I haven't gone into it very, very often. And it's called Under an Eye and Eye Sky. Now I'm going to tie together a whole bunch of stuff that you guys haven't thought about that I've never, that I've never talked about right now. We need to do this. So I'm going to talk about antimatter. The study of matter, what is and isn't, has, has obsessed Western science since the 18th century, as has the determination to probe its origins. We now know that the reality of our five senses perception is actually a complex pattern of interlocking waveforms much as was envisioned in the final scenes of the 2003 film The Matrix Revolutions. When we, what we see as matter is the positive cycle of a wave pulsing into existence, while in hyperdimension, its negative cycle manifests as antimatter. In other words, we pulse in and out all the time of matter to antimatter. Quantum physics and harmonics mathematics may be preparing humanity for encounters beyond what occultists have for centuries termed the threshold or the veil at CERM, CERN, C-E-R-N, is also known as the containment wall. And let me explain to you what this means. And this is how demonic possession takes place. A person's DNA goes in and out of an antimatter state. It's an interdimensional interface to God. It's an antenna. It's a coiled helix, our DNA is. And that coiled helix allows us to have an interconnection with God himself. That's what it's designed to do. We're an antenna to God is what we are as human beings. That's what they're telling us here in quantum mechanics. That's what our DNA is. It's a coiled helix. It's a coiled antenna. And our matter goes from an antimatter to a matter state on an ongoing basis so fast you can't see it. But what it's doing is it's giving the opportunity for whatever's on the other side of the veil in the antimatter state to attach itself to it. That's how demonic possession occurs. That's how it happens. And what they're trying to do at CERN is they're trying to affect the anti-matter, matter tether to us and trying to allow these other entities to come into our dimension and influence us. Very important that we understand that. Now, she didn't clarify, clarify it like that. I read you what she said. Now, remember, think of antimatter and matter. I'm going back to her book now as the yin-yang of reality, the building blocks of atoms being electrons and photons and protons, each with its own antimatter and opposite charge and positive and negative charge, that was mentioned before in Chapter 7 of this book. When terms like Higgs boson and God particle, CERN claimed to seek the glue binding all matter together. What it really seeks is antimatter rooted beyond the threshold of earthly existence. I'm going to repeat this. What CERN is really seeking is the antimatter rooted beyond the threshold of earthly existence. In other words, it wants to separate you from God and allow you to be set up for demonic possession. This is what they're going to do when they use a D-wave computer that they say is like standing before the altar of an alien god to tie into you interdimensionally. It's going to tie into your antimatter state when it's in the other dimension so it can control the thoughts and the minds and the hearts. 
of the people on this planet, just like it did in chapter 6 of Genesis. This is why it's so important. It says that every thought of every man was evil all the time in Genesis chapter 6. And Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, when, the, when every man thought was evil all the time, so shall it be upon the return of the Son of Man. That's who we are. We're an interdimensional interface creation by God Almighty that goes from an antimatter to matter state on a continual basis, which is easily influenced from the other side of the veil if they attach themselves to us while we're there. He goes on to say, having deciphered antimatter's signature and breached the threshold, CERN now opens its way to impact everyone's antimatter tether. For example, it is true that CERN has breached the veil and opened an aperture or a portal welcoming antimatter into our dimension. It seems obvious that if antimatter is the yin, the matter is yang. Antimatter entities now in a 3D space will need to either produce a plasma body, plasma being the fourth state of matter, or occupy a body possibly already occupied, such as an autistic child. I had to throw that in there. I, I, she did not say that. But that's what they're going to do. I, that, there's no reason they want all these kids with autism. There's no reason they have all these children running around that don't know who they are and what they're doing. You know, Because that antimatter tether is going to be easier to go into and breach into a child that has autistic spectrum disorder, especially one that's really, 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 really messed up. And so we have to understand these guys are all a bunch of weirdos. On March the 9th, 2015, the Shiva dance of destruction around the large Haldron Collider occurred. Shiva's dance is a dance of some atomic matter. You know, on Wednesday, August the 12th, 2015, a mirror event in New York City, a hologram of the Hindu goddess Kali was cast upon the Empire State Building. On August 11th, 2016, a seemingly satanic night ritual replete with female sacrifice in front of Shiva in the main square. Wednesday, June the 1st, 2016, a mirror event in Switzerland, two-part ritual spectacle in Switzerland to Christian the opening of the $12 billion Gothard-based tunnel. Buried a mile and a half under the Gothard mountain range of the Swiss Alps. Though not on the site with CERN, the latitude of the Gothard tunnel is at 46600 north, and a CERN is 46.233. Serious ritual always takes place at account of planetary and geodetic conditions. Okay? Now, this is the, when, when all these global elites first watched the ritual spectacle of robotic workers in large orange jumpsuits peeling down to their underwear inside of the cavern, then witnessed the mystery drama of Baphomet simulating. I can't. I'm not going to read the rest of it. It's that bad. And this is what they did. The rituals are connected to the intent to CERN throw open the gates to the abyss to the antimatter. On an energetic level, being human straddles both matter and antimatter. Thus, it seems obvious these rituals are intended to open us to our antimatter side, giving us that our thoughts and our feelings tend towards one side or the other. This is how they're going to control the thoughts and make everybody's thoughts evil all the time. Entities drawn into an antimatter are demonic to human beings, so increased production and extraction of antimatter will increase demonic presence. By wielding antimatter's energy signature, the LHC will call the antimatter signatures of human beings to advocate. It seems the Temple of CERN is about altering reality as we have known it. Theoretical physicist Feynman said it had it right. If you aren't deeply disturbed by quantum mechanics, you have not understood it. And at the base of CERN is the D-wave alphabetic quantum computer system controls the portals, the rate of opening, their size, and what comes through. Whereas the nominal operational temperature for the LHC is 1.9 degrees and below, the D-wave chip in a 10-foot black box must be kept colder than deep space at just above absolute zero, which is like 300 degrees below zero. It is that cold that transforms the mere chip into a cubic, and that cubic superconductor D-wave also requires an extremely low magnetic environment at 50,000 times lower than the Earth's ambient magnetic field. And when you do all of this stuff, the D-wave appears to function as an interdimensional interface 
first came D-Wave Model 5 12 qubits linked with Josephson's functions, functions, and then they keep making it stronger and stronger and stronger. In the quantum worlds, dimensions are frequencies, and everything locked in matter has a dual nature of waves, spiritual and particles and physical, and quantum tunneling reaches into spiritual dimensions. And the atomatic frequencies enter our reality are subject to the same 3D space laws. That's why they don't want us to have guns. Okay, I just said a lot. When they come into our state and they're in our dimension, they don't want us armed. And that's what we're seeing now with all of the rest of it. And when all of this stuff happens, you have to understand that we are basically in a situation where this fallen angel stuff that we're involved in, that we're talking about right now, is the same battle that's been going on since before mankind was put here with Adam and Eve. It's the same stuff they've always tried to do. These geneticists, these fallen angels, that's why they go around and they have these people get abducted. That's why they steal their glands and steal their ovaries and steal their testicles and all steal their sperm and their ovum. All of this stuff on an ongoing basis for continued genetic experiments to open up these tethers and to allow people to be possessed and to create other entities, just like they did in Genesis 6. That's what runs the planet. And when you understand that, you start to realize that without Jesus Christ, we have absolutely no hope whatsoever. I mean, we really don't. There's absolutely nothing we can do without God and Jesus in our lives. It's impossible that we can. We simply can't do it. So, you know, when we understand that this is part of what we have to go through and part of who we are and that how we're being continually shown what is real and what's not real. It's like yesterday I was talking to a friend about, you know, quantum entanglement. I was talking about fractal timelines and how sometimes a certain person will meet another person, you know, and how our footsteps are ordered by the Lord. And it's so true, isn't it? I mean, how in the world can you explain so many things? And then she started asking me about luck. And I said, there's no such thing as luck. It's all the blessings of God. It's all being orchestrated through the fractal timelines. And, you know, and what we have to realize is this. I had somebody say to me one time, well, the harder that I work, the luckier I get. And I thought about that. And I also remember, and I have that German plaque on my wall here at my house, and I've read it to you so many times. Zwei Leben stutzen brechen nie, Gebet und Arbeit heißen sie. There's two fundamental principles of life that can never be broken. Prayer and work. Because if we are indeed a three-dimensional antenna to God Almighty, which is what we are through our antimatter tether, doesn't it make sense that we need to stay in prayer on an ongoing basis and thank God Almighty for who we are and Christ for who he is? And if we do that, we'll understand our great role here in this universe. And then the things of this earth will seem to be less important to us, and we'll realize that we have to stay focused on spiritual things. Really important that we get this stuff today, guys. I gave you one. I'm, I'm going to stop now with Angel Wars. I'm going to go next time. I'm going to talk about the temptation of Eve and what happened with Satan. That's the next show. Now, it's going to be another long one. I don't want to get into it. But I had to tell you, it's through the interdimensional interface of our spirit being that's part of the interdimensional tether into another dimension that we're affected by these entities and can be possessed by them. That's what it was all about in the Garden of Eden. And we're in this giant spectacle, like it says in the First Corinthians, on parade before the entire universe and before the angels to see what we are going to do while we're here. So it's important that we always think about our actions and our behavioral patterns while we're here and what we do. Always remember, try to bring honor and glory to God in all that you do, think, and say. I know I always tell you guys, when you go to a restaurant, pray out loud. Let everybody know that you're a Christian. Let them know what you believe. Let them know that you understand who we are and what we are in Christ. And most Christianity or Catholicism or Lutheran Church or whatever isn't going to teach you anything that I taught you today. Because this creation that we live in, it's not about Darwin. It's not about us turning in, coming from a monkey. It doesn't work that way. Our brains are magnificent biocomputers. They're magnificent. And they can't be evolved. It doesn't work that way. Now, they can be changed. They can be altered. They can be damaged. They can be chipped. 
That can happen. That's why I stand here with you guys. I applaud all of you who refuse to take the COVID shot. It means the world to me that you wouldn't allow them to put mRNA into your system and start changing you from the inside out. Really important we stand against all of that stuff. And understand, you can take nanokinase, N-acetylcysteine. You can take our HGH stimulate and all the different things they have to mitigate the damages associated with it. And we have the spike protein survival kit at the office, too. We put together for you guys. But I want to cover this. But today's was an over. Today was really a lot of this is like information overload today. But I wanted you to guys. But I had to get into quantum mechanics a little bit today. And I had to let you know how the our universe is made out of energy and that we're all part of this. And when our bodies and our mind, when our mind sees a picture on the wall, the, the, that picture doesn't exist like we see it. Our brain and our optic cortex changes it to something to understand. It's lines of energy is what it is. That's how the whole universe is made, and we're all part of that energy field. All right. That's a lot, by the way. Also, what do you think? What's your next <laughs> well, well, something I wanted to ask you is I thought this was very interesting. You brought it up towards the beginning. I never really thought of this concept, but now I want to get kind of your opinion, and I get all listeners this is just kind of you know speculation as far as in this question. But you made a comment about how Adam was created as a man. The Bible's very clear about that in Genesis. He wasn't born a baby. He was not birthed by a woman. He was spoken to by God Almighty. He was brought on the earth by the words of God Almighty. You know, Jesus was born on earth, but he was also raised from child all the way up. So he continued to kind of grow in the sense of, I guess, reaching concrete rational thought. When Adam was born, this is the question I'm getting at, when he was, I guess, born, built by God on earth, he was spoken to existence. Do you think God had to kind of slowly download information into him as far as it wasn't overloaded? Or do you think he just kind of got a full download right out the ribs? It talks about how he had to name every single animal, which, by the way, I don't think people fully grasp how difficult that would be to do. (laughs) You'd have to have quite a bit of knowledge to go in and start naming animals and basically based on their account and what they do and everything else. So so what do you think about that? Do you think it was kind of like a transition as far as of knowledge that he gave him? Or do you think it was just kind of Adam was there on earth and God spoke him into existence and he was there downloaded? How how do you think that worked with him? I think Adam and and Eve both were relatively naive when they were first made. I think that they were like infants, not so much as an infant as far as, you know, pooping in their diaper or whatever. But I'm talking about not knowing what they were. Jesus probably when he breathed the life into Adam. And Adam, you can imagine how Adam must have felt. He wakes up as an adult in this body. Okay, he's looking at Jesus. <laughs> what the heck is this? Okay, and, and I'm sure Jesus looked at him and said, "Hey, I love you. I'm your daddy. I just made you from the dust of the earth, and you are really, really amazing how you were made. And so let's just chill out. I'm going to tell you what to do. I'm going to give you a bunch of information. And he probably was able to learn at an incredibly accelerated speed Austin yeah because of his because of the brain power that God put in him he probably I mean because we, we only use about we use less than 10 percent of our brain probably really some people only use less than one percent be honest with you they're not they don't think too much of nothing they can't really have any concrete rational thought because they continue to believe everything they hear they don't want to learn but Adam didn't have that Adam had full he was full brain capable and remember he was also interdimensionally interlocked with God through the to what we just talked about through the uh, animatic tether and so God could have downloaded in him as much as he wanted to instantaneously, but he probably did it on a gradual basis not to overwhelm Adam until Adam became who he was. But remember, he still had no foreknowledge of the angel wars that happened before him. He had no foreknowledge of what happened on the earth and had been destroyed. God didn't, Or if he did, God didn't tell us he had any of that knowledge. Adam was basically pretty naive, and the only interaction he had with was, was, was with Eve. 
you know, and then they ate from that knowledge of the tree of good and evil, whatever that's supposed to mean. We'll cover some of that tomorrow, too. And they fell and they became sinful and they realized they were naked because before that they were running around the garden having fun, you know, being a nudist colony. And, and so it's just because they didn't see any, any, any sin in any of this stuff. And Satan came in and says, oh, no, no, you guys are, you know, whatever. And so it started, you know, started right there with that provocation. And, but, I, but I don't want to get into that for the mess of tomorrow's show. But, but, the okay. crazy part about, but the crazy part about this is that, you know, with Adam and Eve, they had – I'm sure it had to be a gradual download. And I think that's one of the reasons that it was so easy for Lucifer to come in, like I mentioned at the beginning, with his ability and that voice and all the other stuff that he does and able to morph it. Remember, it says he masks right as an angel of the light. And, you know, whether he morphed into a snake, okay, or basically looked like a snake or basically, you know, you know, possessed the body of a snake, you know, and when it talked to Eve, apparently they were able to communicate with the animals. So I don't think that Adam and Eve really thought much about a snake talking or if they did, it was like, well, God must have put it here, you know, whatever. And it believed, they believed the lie of, you know, that you will be as gods if you, know, if you eat from this tree. And then the sad part about it is, is that what human beings always do? You know, you brought you brought this you brought it up on Friday, Austin, when Jesus was taken up onto the temple and taken up to the mountain, showing the kingdoms of the earth, and that Satan would give all this stuff to him because it was his to give, because he runs the planet. Okay, and and God says no, you know, you know, honor God, you know, don't test God, don't. don't and so Jesus rebukes Lucifer because he had the ability to do that. But even his encounter in an earthly body, if you think about this for a second, he had to fast before he did this, and his encounter with the, with Lucifer himself was so debilitating to him that the angels had to come minister to him after this happened because remember he had a, he had probably sixty six thousand bodyguards that were angels we talked about that the other day as far as the legions that were put here to defend him and when we understand who he was and what he was able to do as as as, as, a, as a as a as a man and stand against the wiles of lucifer it tells us that we have to do the same thing to stand against the wiles of the of the of the enemy and this is why it's so important that we understand who we are we are an interdimensional interface designed to be in cooperation and working with God Almighty for all of eternity. And when we make it through this earth and we do what we're supposed to do here, then the next place we go to is going to be a whole lot better than this place. And I believe, and again, we mentioned this last week, that's the sole duty of man is to obey God and serve him and obey his commandments. Because everything it says will be shown that what we do. So always remember that. It's important that we know who we are in Christ and that we know who we do as Christians. It's important to go to church every week. It's important to realize who you are as a child of the Most High God and that you were created in God's image, though we have definitely fallen from that point. I mean, you know, who knows? Adam could have been 200 feet tall. We don't know how big that guy was. He could have been a monstrous guy. You know, obviously, if a T-Rex was running around with him, if it had been there, it probably wasn't much of an influence to him. We don't know what Adam was. Or, but we know that they, they have the they have the altars of Adam and Eve. They have that over there in, in the Middle East over there, and these things are huge. Now, whether they're true or not, I don't know if that's what they are. But the, but the point is, is that Adam and Eve were super beings. It's what they were because they were created in God's image. And remember, we have a soul, we have a mind, and we have a body. God has God the Father. He's got God the Son, who's the body, and the Holy Spirit, that's the soul. We were created in that same image of God Almighty. And we have to understand that when we pass away, our soul goes on back to be with God for all of eternity. Our body goes away. We have to understand that. We don't die. We never die as a Christian. We just change addresses. That's all we do. That's why it's death, O oh death, where is thy victory? Where is thy sting? Because Christ overcame both death, hell, and the grave. But you, when you understand what we are, and that we're that type of an energetic being, that basically puts out light photons and that we can be hacked like with a computer system with a chip 
it starts to make you realize why they're doing what they're doing with CERN and why they just injected everybody with mRNA technology and nanomicrocircuits. Now we understand it. And all of this stuff is, again, coming from the evil one because they're trying to do exactly what they did in Genesis chapter 6 where they can control the thoughts and the hearts of the minds of God's creation to prove that God's not righteous, perhaps, to prove that we were going to fall into sin as we are being displayed, like it says in 1 Corinthians 4.9, for the entire universe to see along with the human beings and the angels. So that's why it's important that we always think about God and put him first in all that we do think and say. That's why we have to do that. Very important. Any more questions, Austin? No, that, that, was, that was excellent. And that's why you know I've continually encouraged people to try to do the best you can to stay as healthy as you can. Because when your body is strong, it helps also make your mind strong. When your body and mind that's are right. strong, it also helps you to encourage your spirit. A lot of people fail to realize that's right. that. That's why I get so frustrated with Christians, Dad, when you see them sometimes and they want to run around and talk about certain elements of the Bible, but they weigh 450 pounds. And they're lecturing you about some context of the Bible, but yet they're eating 10, 15,000 calories a day. I mean, I understand the concept as far as of weight loss, of weight gain. I've been in bodybuilding most of my life. So as Dad, I've lived in the gym. I've been out of the gym. I've eaten clean. I've eaten dirty. I understand what happens to your body. I've worked with hundreds of people. Dad's worked even more as far as getting people healthy, getting them under, under their weight under control. And everybody's different. There is no this works for every single person. But one thing that I have seen is that one factor always plays a role in, and it's total caloric intake. And that's why I've encouraged so many people now. There's a war on for everybody's health. That's why they're going after the food supply. That's why they don't want you eating whole eggs. That's why they don't want you eating grass-fed beef. That's why they're coming out with all these fake meats and fake eggs and fake proteins and plant stuff. The more they can degrade the body, which remember, it's the temple. Again, it's another way to come against God Almighty. They break down your body. And the more your body's broken down, the more your mind and your spirit is broken down. This is why it's so important to stay strong and healthy. And I was reading an article earlier. I didn't even realize this as much. You know, I knew a lot of the information about it, but I was reading more information about dihydroberberine. Our berberine ultimate that we have on the website right now, it's on sale, is it massively helps out with burning body fat, especially with people that are overweight. And what's interesting about it, because it controls insulin sensitivity and it has the ability to inhibit fat cell growth, actually – it's an incredibly good product to take, especially if you're ever going to eat a cheat meal. And what it also does on top of that and preventing your body from storing it as body fat, helping you burn more body fat as well, the dihydroberberine forces the carbs you eat to be stored in the muscle as glycogen and uses energy fuel by the body instead of being stored as fat. The more I keep researching this stuff, the more I keep talking to people in the industry about it, the more I realize how incredibly good this stuff is because I told you guys I started taking it. About a couple months ago, on and off, kind of testing it, and didn't really think much of it, was trying it, it definitely kept my blood sugar more stable, and then I started using it specifically, though, in kind of the standpoint where I would use it, especially during the day if I eat like a meal with a lot of rice in it, or a pre-workout meal a couple hours beforehand, and I've noticed it's increased the pumps during the workout, and that's exactly what it's doing because it's making the glycogen it's basically storing the muscle, the fuel as glycogen in the muscle instead of it basically storing as body fat. Really, really good stuff. And again, this is also important to understand that our bodies, pretty much the most important thing we have on earth, obviously, we step out of them. Like that said, we don't die. We just transition to heaven. But while we're here, we do have a body, and it is physical, and it can get hurt, and it can get injured, and it can get very sick. And this is why I've encouraged so many people that have 
gone with and gotten the shot and had health issues from it, I said, you've got to start mitigating the effects from it. It's not something that's impossible to do. I've seen a lot of positive effects. That's why Dad brought up earlier the Spike Protein Survival Kit. The natokinase is one of the most effective products you can use to prevent the blood clots because for some odd reason, whatever this stuff does, the inflammation, what it does to the blood, it is some toxic stuff. And I saw an article here that was published last week in the Scientific Journal of Nature. They actually took 7 million people selected for the study. There were 745,000 that were vaccinated for COVID, 3.8 million that were unvaccinated as far as in total that they finally broke it down to. Then they compared that for controlling or confounding variables like medications and contraceptives. The results were startling. They demonstrated a higher risk and incident rate of retinal vascular occlusion following COVID-19 vaccinations after adjusting for potential confounding factors. They said the risk of retinal vascular occlusion, except for CRAO, had been promptly observed in individuals receiving vaccines against SARS-CoV-2. The risk factors for retinal vascular occlusion included diabetes, hypertension, obesity, coronary uh, artery disease, and stroke. In summary, the results found that two years after vaccination, the chance of all subtypes of retinal vascular occlusion in vaccinated individuals increased significantly. This is, again, what I've continued to tell everybody, keep taking nutrients and supplements to mitigate that if you have taken. If you haven't, great. But why do you think you're seeing so many hard, really, really well athletes dropping dead from heart attacks? It's almost, as I've said before, it's almost if they want to make sure all the younger age fighting adults, men or women, that want to be able to stay strong, that are strong athletes, that are super, super, you know, basically conditioned. They want to make sure if they get in a position or anyone of that matter that gets in a position of extremely high stress situation with extremely high heart rate, they want to make sure these blood clots are going to drop you dead. What other way could you soften up a country so effectively against some type of invasion from whatever it may be? Make sure the younger fighting population can't do anything significant without basically having cardiovascular problems. I mean, that doesn't seem that far-fetched from a warfare standpoint. So again, this is why I've said, make sure you're taking the E, make sure you're taking the, um, the natokinese and continually keeping your body strong as possible and continue to take care of your mind. You know, the omega-3 fats, the 5-HTP, they're really important because a lot of the stuff is negative. There's no question about it. A lot of the stuff I always try to <laughs> reframe it as intriguing. It's very intriguing right now. You can't say I'm really bored right now this time in society. Okay, I'm just this is boring. Nothing's going on. There's a lot of stuff going on. There's a very, very big war going on well beyond what we can even see right now between good and evil, as dad just said, that it's never stopped. This has continually gone on and on and on and on and on and on and on. That's why Lucifer likes to run the show behind the scenes all the time. Remember, he was able to tempt Jesus because he had the ability to basically materialize what he was offering. He had the ability to make his bet. And he wasn't bluffing. He could have tempted Jesus if he did not have the ability to tempt him with what he did. So always understand that it's very real. Certain things that happen around us are very, very real. And it's so important that we understand and maintain the knowledge base to take a step back sometimes and go, whoa, I don't feel good about this. This doesn't look good. Something doesn't sit right with me. Something is very odd right now. I need to kind of look at everything and evaluate it. This is why they work so hard. And the mainstream media to try to force everybody to get the shot right now. Right now. You got to get a shot right now. If you don't get it right now, everybody's going to die. Well, now we find out years down the road, 
complete and total lie. There was no need to get it. A, there was no need to get it right now. And B, there was no need to get it when they told everybody to get it ever, period. But again, that's why they're doing everything they can now to do a full about face and say, oh, no, we never, we never recommended that or mandated it. Oh, Pfizer, we, we don't, we're, we're, we're pulling the FDA approval on the first Pfizer shot. That didn't, didn't exist anymore now. We don't know what you're talking about. Oh, we're removing the mandate from everything. It didn't, didn't happen. Don't ever forget what they continue to do because their native tongue is lying. That's why it's always important to get the truth out there. My friends, I appreciate all the support. Been a wild show today, wide open, as always. Tomorrow, another one. Probably put your five-point harness on for tomorrow's show. It's going to be really intense. But again, I do this on a regular basis to get the truth out there because everybody has a right to hear the truth. Whether you want to believe it, whether you want to share it, whether you want to expand on it, that's up to you. That is in The ball is in your court at that point. But everybody has a right to hear the truth and make their own decisions. So I appreciate you, my friends. Healthmasters.com. If you need anything at all, give us a call. Lots of specials on, including the HGH Stimulate. Great product. Healthmasters.com. I appreciate your support. We could not do it without you. That's a fact. So have a blessed, safe, awesome evening, my friends. And we'll talk to you again on this show tomorrow as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.